0: The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Let's Talk More Action podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and should not be construed as advice, nor do they necessarily reflect the views of Community Action Council's governing bodies, leadership, or staff, or our funding partners. Community Action Council is a private, nonprofit, and nonpartisan organization. We do not support or endorse any political candidates. This the city's number one podcast. podcast of the topics, the guests, and all of the contrast. They ain't focused on the views and the traffic. What's the point of shining if no jewels for the masses? We gotta spread the news of our passion. Service is a verb. Now that's community action. Yo, everybody let's talk. Look, talking ain't enough, so everybody let's walk. We all want freedom, the eagle, and the stars, but the only way to reach it, meet the people where they are. Unity's the only way to fend these atrocities. You and me together, is just a vessel of expression and make sure we stay on the message of progression. Yes, everybody, let's talk. Bring your ideas and together we walk. Protect our seeds from the poisonous root and we gotta reach the source and the soul in the room. Yes, everybody, let's talk. We need community action. Together we walk. Together we work in to reduce violence. Speak through the airways. We refuse violence. Let's talk.
1: You are listening to Let's talk more action. I am Cameron Mentor. I am your host, and I'm not co-host. That's what. Let me get it right. I'm the co-host. And I'm introducing Sharon Price, our host. What's going on, Sharon? Hey,
2: Cam.
0: Cam. Uh, we're
1: back in the saddle.
0: Oh
2: yes, we are. It's time to get
1: it going, and it's, we're coming back at a very serious time.
2: It's suicide right prevention now. month. Suicide prevention yes. month. That's a big. That's a big topic.
1: Yeah, and um, we've noticed since uh, the pandemic, more folks is deciding to take care of their mental health, as opposed to just their physical health. Which some of us still ain't doing that.
2: Amen. <laughs> you are you're, you're doing something i'm doing some something, something but i'm doing something, bit. something yeah. i could be doing a whole
1: lot more i used to yeah. say I, I don't take credit for what medicine is doing unless i put something to it so
2: oh okay i got to well. put something
1: with it now i got to do something with it
2: do, do something with it That's but Kim, let me ask you something mm-hmm. have you ever felt heavy feelings and heavy thoughts
1: absolutely all the time i mean and you just feel like sometimes you are just under attack and what going what you going to do about it You know what I'm saying? There's a place of loneliness and and surrender and, and, you know, just depression that you can go to. But if you don't want to go there, what what are you going to do? What are you going to do about
2: it? Yeah, there are options. There there are options. You can get to a place, but that's not the place that you have to stay. That's it. Because there's help out there for you. Absolutely. You know for ev- for everybody. Everybody. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, taking care of your mental health is, has been a barrier in the African American community Say historically. That. Say that. You know, because people look at it as a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and you're just not strong and And that's you know,
1: how and that's how we were raised. We you know, um, I, I I have to watch some of the things that I say, but you know, when raising boys, you you tell them don't be crying, mm-hmm. man up, and that manning up has hurt us sometimes.
2: So that's right that's but, right uh, we ain't no and the same problem. and the same for women because women have had to be strong in families absolutely and, you know all the way around absolutely and, and, know, and, and being and, responsible for everything that goes back to our heritage
1: of, of of why the women had to be that way
2: well absolutely yeah so. But we've got somebody in here today. That, that's yeah, because we us ain't no medical professionals. No, don't, not don't, at all. Don't, don't listen don't, to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the only thing I say, you don't take everything I say. But right. You know. Right. <laughs> let's, Look your thing up. <laughs> <laughs> do some research, but that's we don't it. have to do it today because we've got Daisy Brown, and I said it right <laughs> you, today. You, don't know, you but you stumbled. I, we saw I the did. stumble. I did. <laughs> when you know somebody with the same that's name right. for thirty. years years. Yep. It's hard for me not to say Daisy Thomas. Right, right, now. right. Now, but it's Daisy Brown. It is Daisy Brown. Yes. It is. How are you all
0: today? Oh,
2: we're good and we're so glad to have you While We're talking about You know, this is Suicide Prevention Month, Mm -hmm. and you do a lot of work. Tell us about your business. So I own
0: the Champion Therapy Center. Um, We are based here in Kentucky, but we are branching out into other states. Um, And we do all types of mental health counseling. Um, We do crisis prevention for those that are experiencing thoughts or feelings of suicide, depression, anxiety, um, whatever they're experiencing. Uh, One of the things that we, we tell everybody, everybody has mental health. But everybody doesn't have mental health illness. Right. So there's a difference. So all of us have, you know, happiness, sadness, where we live, what we do. And that's normal, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because life happens to us all. Right. Like somebody dies in all of our families. Somebody's struggling with addiction in all of our families. It's like nobody escapes this. And so making it a um, a normal thing to seek out help is is one of the things that we specialize in. That it's normal to have somebody to talk to.
2: And and you don't have to worry about it. It's private. It's confidential.
0: Absolutely. What happens in this office stays in this office. Only time it's not that way is if you're talking about hurting yourself, hurting someone else, or someone is hurting you. Then we have to bring in other people to make sure that you're safe and society safe.
2: Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, with it being Suicide Prevention Month, what are some of the warning signs that family members might be able to look for you know if they have someone that that they're concerned about
0: well, a lot of times the signs are there, and one of the, the stigmas is if I ask them about it, then I'm going to That's put the thought in their mind. Right. No, if you ask them about it, they probably already had the thought in their mind anyway. You're not putting something there that hasn't already been there. But if they start feeling, you know, hopeless, they start withdrawing from from family members and friends, they don't do the things that they normally do, their hygiene changes. They uh, don't go out. They start isolating um, Uh, They start doing dangerous things like driving really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, They start, um, you know, talking about being hopeless or they start giving away their like prized possessions. Uh, Oh, that's a sign. That's a sign. When they start giving away things that mean a lot or start saying sorry for a lot of things or feeling like they're a burden. I just don't want to be a burden to anybody anymore. There are a lot of signs like, okay, let me give you this. I want to make sure that you get this. Start asking questions. Start saying, okay, are you doing all right? You know, and, and um, don't be afraid of the answer. And don't make people feel like they have to put on a facade. Let them be them genuine selves. They can say, hey, I don't feel all right, and I feel like nothing's going to get better. You know, hopelessness is a real sign of suicide and depression because what they feel right now, they feel like it's going to always be that way.
2: And so when you get the the, the information that you may made- You may expect, but you're hoping you don't get, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because sometimes we ask questions and we don't really want the answers or we don't know what to do with the answers Mm -hmm, that we mm -hmm. get. What do you do if you get that type of information? um,
0: The best thing you can do first is not judge them and say, how can you feel that way? Your life ain't that bad.
2: You got everything you want. You have everything you need. Yeah. I mean, I don't
0: understand. That's just so selfish. The worst thing you can do is make somebody feel judged because Mm -hmm. of the way they feel. Nobody wants to be depressed for real. Like, nobody wants to be sad for real. But it does happen. So once you get that information, don't judge them. But at that time, it's a good time to embrace them and say, you know what, I'm here. I'm here for you. Not only am I here for you, but there is a whole medical profession that's here for you as well.
1: Yes. That's great advice because one of the things that even – in my faith we mm-hmm. always want to go hey you know you you god's got you 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 you're not going to you know mm-hmm. and sometimes they just need you to listen yeah and uh, be supportive yeah and then we can we can do strategy later <laughs> but right now let's 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 listen let's get your concerns let's see what where you know let's really pinpoint where where
0: we're going yeah absolutely um being able to be there and if somebody says that to you one of the other priorities is to keep them safe don't leave them by themselves at that time. Don't take that information and be like, all right, well, I'm going to pray about it and we're going to see how you're doing tomorrow. Right. Nope, I'm knocking on your door or I'm sending somebody to you. Right, right. So right. You, you don't leave them alone at that time. At that time, it's like, okay, sticking closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm in your face and I'm in your space and I'm not leaving until I make sure that you're okay. A lot of times people like, well, I don't want them to be angry with me. And I said this to someone yesterday. Um, I said, either you can allow them to be angry or you can plan their funeral. Which one do you want to do? And they were like, yep. And that's I heavy. know that's heavy and that's very direct. But which one do you want? I'll let you be mad at me all day long. Oh, but God. what I don't want to do is plan your funeral and I don't want to attend it. <laughs> so be mad. But you'll be alive and mad. <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's how we are with our kids too. I mean, if you if you
1: engage in real parenting, your children are not gonna like you all the time. Oh but yeah, you're responsible. Yeah, you know you have you have some obligation there. So even as friends, you know, we we're we're going to not overlook it. And 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 you know, as guys, you know. First thing we want to do is joke about boy, you all right? You sounded kind of soft. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but it's it's an opportunity that someone is opening up and right. we really need to, you know, hey, well let's go, let's go to a game. Let's let's do something. Let's yeah. let's spend some time together. Yeah.
0: I think connecting with people where they are in that moment and really reassuring them that it is just that moment. It's not a lifetime. You think about some of the things that you've gone through in your life, you're like, I don't know if we ever coming out of this. And that's way back in your rearview mirror now. But at the time, it seemed like it was right there and it was always going to be that way. Right. No, no moment is forever. It's just right now.
1: And I don't know if you've seen the new Tom Hanks, I guess it's new, the Tom Hanks movie where, I forget the name of the guy, but he was trying to he was trying to commit suicide, and his neighbors kept interrupting him. And when they interrupted him, his focus changed from what he was trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and began to be focused on them Mm -hmm. and began to see that there was still more uh, in life that he could provide. And it's a good movie. I have to figure out what the name of it is.
0: Please let me know. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's important to when people cross your mind, take a moment. Don't be so caught up in your own life that you forget to take a moment and say, hey, you good. you on my mind. They have it now where the cell phone systems, I guess all of them, have adopted uh, the text and call line. It is is—it is actually 988. Mm-hmm. You can text it or you can call it, and it's a suicide hotline. So you can if you call it, if you dial it, then somebody will be on the other end to answer. If you text it, they'll be there to text with you back and forth. And so... I mean, it's like 911 now, but it's 988. And so, if you find yourself in a space where you're feeling kind of hopeless and you just need somebody to talk with you 24-7, there are no holidays and there are no breaks. 988, you can text it, you can call it, and somebody will be right there to answer you and just kind of talk you through where you are in that moment. That's what uh, therapists do. We help you to see: okay, if you're in this space right now, one, how'd you get there? Because sometimes it can be history. You know, some, some factors that you look at when it comes down to people and, and whether they're at risk for suicide. Is there a family uh, stigma or a family, I would say, generational thing where people have committed suicide in their family? Um, do they have a, a diagnosis like depression, um, bipolar or schizophrenia or something like that? Do they have those things in their life and that kind of gauges where? Have they ever attempted before? That's a real factor. If somebody has ever attempted before, you you don't play with any of that. You're like, okay, because for us as therapists, if somebody comes into our office and they say that they've uh, attempted suicide before, and we start noticing behaviors, um, they don't get a pass. Uh, we have had it where people don't leave our office. They leave out well, they don't leave our office by themselves. They leave our office in an ambulance or with, and that's because we love you enough that we're not going to let you walk out of here. Mm. And
2: it's so i have I have a question sure does someone is is it a progression? Do you start with maybe depression or something like that that builds up to suicidal thoughts? and you mentioned the generational mm-hmm. is suicide a generational thing? It can be
0: one of the things that I think people don't realize is um depression and having a imbalance an emotional imbalance sometimes it can be chemical related to your body. You can, uh, your body might not be balanced uh, emotionally and uh, chemically. And so that's why medicine is prescribed, because there is a chemical imbalance in your body and you can't pull yourself up. And no matter how many bananas you eat, it's not going to increase your (laughs) serotonin (laughs) levels to make it so that you're balanced emotionally and mentally. And so people shy away from medicine and like, no, no, we're not going to do medicine. But, you know, sometimes there's a chemical imbalance that there's nothing you can do about. You don't know why you're constantly feeling weighted. And that's when doctors come in and they say, hey, you have an imbalance. Let's give you this medicine that's going to get you back to being level." And so sometimes if generationally there's a chemical imbalance, then it can be a generational thing. You know how they ask you, uh, did your parents have? Uh-huh. We think it's just because they want to know how mom and them cooked. (laughs) (laughs) It's not usually if mom and them cooked with a lot of sugar, they feel like you gonna cook with a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. If mom and them cooked with a lot of salt, they feel like you you gonna cook. Yes, so that's why they look at the generational thing. And we don't think about it generationally when it comes down to mental health. We only think about it concerning diabetes and high blood pressure and things like that. No, sometimes it is generational.
2: Wow. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, and and so I just always have a lot of questions every time time I'm with you. So as an employer, Mm -hmm. and I hear the music coming on, so we can talk about this after the break. Mm -hmm. But as an employer, if someone, if I have an employee or anyone that's listening has an employee that is suffering and is having suicidal thoughts, when we come back from the break, I want you to tell me what I should do and how I should handle that. Absolutely, because we want to make sure that all of our all of our employees and our families and everybody, you know, are as well as they can be. So we'll be right back to talk about that after the break, Cam.
1: You are listening to Let's Talk More Action.
2: This past year has highlighted the strength of Community Action Council. Every day our
1: staff works together to help families recover from this crisis. We're educating children at home and in person, helping parents who lost their jobs, and helping households avoid eviction. Our work at Community Action Council has never been more important than it is right now. So why don't you join us? We have employment opportunities requiring a range of skills from entry level to advanced. Apply online at commaction.org. That's commaction.org. Children love Head Start, and you will too. Community Action Council's Prep Academies are hiring now. Head Start is an early childhood education program for children from birth to age 5. Help us give more children the Head Start advantage. Patriot, what are you waiting for? Join our team of dedicated education professionals. Apply online today at comaction.org. What are you waiting for? You're listening to Let's Talk More Action, and our guest today is Daisy Brown, and we are talking suicide prevention, because it's Suicide Prevention Month.
2: And so, during the break, we were having an interesting conversation, and I asked you about, we were talking about generational things, and, you know, you'll see um, in when you, you're talking about looking back, and when you look back at people who grew up in an abusive relationship, then sometimes they find mates that are abusive, and then if they leave that mate, then the next mate is abusive. Why do, we, why do we see things like that, do you think?
0: I think a lot of times abuse can feel normal. Like if you were raised in an abusive home and you're used to fussing and fighting and chaos, to go into a house of peace, it feels weird. And so there are people that will sabotage their lives because what their their normal is, is chaos. And so they will leave one relationship and go into another one, even though they say that's not what I want. But sometimes it's a gravitation to somebody who is strong and aggressive and assertive because that's what you saw growing up. And so you will um, replicate all the things that you have seen, even though you say that's not what I want, but you keep going into the same relationships the same way. And you have to break the cycle. Like the first time it happens. Like you, you don't wait until after. Well, they said they were sorry. Mm, well, they'll have to be sorry with someone else, not with you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I always yeah. look at the common denominator. You know, you you keep having bad relationships, but you keep picking them. So
0: yeah, that's yeah. when you stop picking and you pick you. Right. You pick yourself. And you pick yourself and figure out how to make sure you're whole and that you're healed and that you see with clear vision. Because sometimes we don't see when all the warning signs are there, the flashing lights are there. And it's just like, oh, they really don't mean that when they're going through my phone or they're Mm -hmm. following me or they're checking in. Like I seen you smile at him and all the things that go with that. That's just them showing me that they love me. Is it? Love don't look like that in my world. Oh. Yeah. That controlling thing doesn't look like love to me. So, like, knowing the signs, but sometimes people don't, and then they'll get themselves in relationships, and it's just like they'll get really sad and depressed, like, I just keep doing this. I, I don't deserve to be loved. And it's like you do deserve Everybody to Everybody deserves
2: to be loved.
0: You just got to have a different definition of what love
2: looks like. Mm. And so how do you get people, when people come to you in, in these types of situations, how do you get people to know that they deserve to be loved? How does that work? A lot of times we can sit and begin to list their assets, like
0: their their resume. I don't send an employer my resume with all my deficits on it.
2: right right
0: (laughs) I usually send my resume with all my pluses yeah we're not going to talk about whether I'm time management (laughs) or not like I'm good at it we're going to talk about all the positive accomplishments and so we will sit down and write their resume of accomplishments of who they are the different things they've overcome their different dreams and aspirations to help them see the bigger picture of who they are versus who people say they are or even how people treat them
2: and I'm so tired of with how people say that somebody else is who they are and give them a definition of who somebody else is. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
2: And they most of the time don't know who they are. But they can define (sighs) who you are.
0: Right, right.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Like, who are you, though? Stop it. Stop judging people. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop judging people. So, Daisy, back to my my question before we went to the break. Mm -hmm. What do employers do if they have employees that are having – uh, suicidal thoughts or they share that with them?
0: Well, one, you, you've, hopefully you have a connection with a, a counseling center um, like Community Action does, have one with, with my agency, the Champion Therapy Center, and you have a right to pick up the phone and say, hey, I, I got this person here who is in need of a, a crisis session. You know, And if we have crisis sessions available, um, we make sure that we schedule them like very quickly, um, and get them in to see somebody Or we may do an assessment over the phone To see exactly where they are So we know exactly which steps to take So if you as an employer Has someone in your office And maybe they're not even in your office But they're starting to miss a lot of days Their work ethic is starting to fall
2: You see a change is You begin hearing.
0: to see a change In their be- their normal behavior that, and So they may not come to you But once you start noticing Or a management notices It's time to pull them in and say hey Are you okay? like, this is a safe space. Are you okay? You can you can tell me anything. And then you can start from there putting things in motion, picking up the phone and making phone calls and saying, hey, this is what we have. We have several agencies, or at least one that I know of that does crisis intervention really quickly, and I think that's Oliver Winston Behavioral Health. Um, they are good at it as well. And so we make sure that we start making those connections. Once we find that somebody is in crisis, we start making the connections. We don't leave them alone and say, alright, we'll
2: check on you next week. Well, we hope they're going be here next week so you're not like when I call my doctor sometimes they're like oh we can get you in in six months oh no not like that Mm -mm. Uh, when we have people call from hospitals say somebody has been in the
0: hospital because they either thought about uh, suicide or they attempted by law we have like seven to ten days to get them in Mm -hmm. so we're we're governed Mm -hmm. to get people in when they're in crisis and I'm so fortunate to have therapists that work seven days a week And so Sunday through Saturday, I have somebody on staff that's working. We have morning and evening appointments, weekend appointments. And so that gives us a different advantage when someone's in crisis that it doesn't have to be 12 days before they get an appointment. We try to make it readily accessible. And And I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: You have a really diverse staff, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so you've got, you know, if you want a man, you can have a man. If you want a a woman, you can have a woman. If you want somebody black, somebody white, somebody that looks like you, somebody that speaks Spanish... You've, you've got it all. We try our best to make sure that we cater to the community. And whatever the community looks like is what
0: we should have to, to service the community.
1: I want to go back to the employer. Because you said, like, if you notice, and, and I'm going to go from the employer side, mm-hmm. disciplinary actions mm-hmm. on an employee, mm-hmm. how to bring them in and be disciplinary actions, hey, I'm noticing changing you. I'm I'm noticing this having a conversation mm-hmm. uh that will that could possibly, you know, help them more than just the work that they do for you, but their life. Yes. And and I think that's important in in how we interact with each other, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Speak to them as a person with Absolutely. feeling and 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 gratitude. Yeah. Regardless of what you have to do, because you still may have to discipline, right, but right. you want them to know, hey, I'm noticing changing you. Now, and this is not your norm. What's
0: going on? Right. Yeah. It makes a difference to uh, feel like you are a part of a community, like somebody cares about you besides you just showing up and punching a clock. Right. Um, I-, I was hoping that if COVID didn't teach us anything else, it taught us how to be human again. Mm-hmm. And how to care about people again. When you can't hug people, now you can. It's like hopefully we keep those same um, things that we notice that, that we are we're humans. We're, we're people. Like, and check on them as a person um, more so than you, you check on them as, as just an
2: employee. Well, you know, I guess I forgot to turn mine. <laughs> that's you. Yeah, that's me. I, turned I swore it was James.
0: Yeah.
1: I said, James, cut your phone. You know, like, I don't me? have a
2: ringtone like that, so I'm looking at my phone like, be quiet. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I turned it on. I never turned it on, but I turned it on so I wouldn't miss your call. <laughs> and then I didn't turn it back off. And right. so there we go. The ding, the <laughs> ding, the <laughs> ding, that's right. ding, ding. We forgive you. We'll find you later. Right. <laughs> we'll <laughs> reprimand you later. But you know that's what Cameron is saying. I think is important for employers mm-hmm. um, because if you have a staff person who is normally always on time, and then the next thing you know, they're late. They're late. They're late. They're late. They're late. You know, having that conversation about hey, what's going on, rather than now you might get the disciplinary yeah, you action. Sure you got to be it. on time, right, right? But finding out what is going on is yeah. there a situation that's that's going on?
0: I know uh, some companies have EAPs, where Employee Assistance Program, where they will pay for their therapy up to uh, several sessions to make sure that their mental health is well. Um, being one that we're a community together, like an organization doesn't run without people. And so if you don't take care of your people, you don't have an organization. Right. And right. so sometimes we can look, oh, they no, like making sure because the last thing you want is to have to bury your staff.
1: That's the truth. And and when something like that happens, they come to staff and say, Have you seen a change? Mm-hmm. Have you noticed something? Did mm-hmm. were there any warning signs? You know? Mm-hmm. I think about the guy that was on Ellen's show and mm-hmm how he was, you know, showing videos of his family. And, you know, and then, you know, this happened. Mm-hmm. And they were like, were there any signs? Mm-hmm. So in life, we need to be looking at the signs instead of waiting until death and say, well, they did start doing this. And, and you know, I didn't think nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, looking for the signs. They They will show signs. Usually people don't really commit suicide in, in in quietness. They begin to withdraw, isolate. If they have means to ways of killing themselves, so if you ask somebody, hey, are you feeling okay, and they say that they're feeling hopeless or whatever, and they're thinking about suicide, one of the, the questions that we ask, like, if you were to commit suicide, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a heavy question. But if they were like, well, I thought about... Uh, you know shooting myself I thought about driving my car for cliff I th- you check to see if they have means like they can think about shooting themselves but if they don't have a gun then there's no way to do it right well I thought about taking pills well it, we know if they're on medication they have access to pills mm-hmm. and so you start removing their access uh, when kids or people come home from the hospital after thinking about it or attempting we begin to remove access to things mm-hmm. like we do what is called a safety plan And so we take, they no longer have access to their medication. Their medication has to be in a container and given to them. Uh, There are times that we remove doors. You don't get any privacy. I know they're like, that's drastic. Drastic is, uh, look. It was
1: normal in my house now. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: you don't have access to knives Mm -hmm. so you don't i know you want to cut that steak up we're gonna have to go back to little kid days we're gonna Mm -hmm. cut it up for you like all Mm -hmm. the things uh you don't get to shave your legs like we're taking the razors out the room Mm -hmm. and guess what you'll get your belt when you're on your way to school because you thought about hanging yourself and so we start removing those things and people say well that's so drastic but a funeral is real drastic
2: Mm -hmm. yes it is that's as
0: drastic as it comes so I don't mind that you don't have no privacy today. I don't mind at all, but I get to see you.
2: <laughs> Bless be. <me.
0: laughs> hey, it's like I get to see you. You are here. Uh, it's, wow. such a, it's
1: such a heavy conversation. It's such a heavy and serious conversation. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is. And, and, and I've, I've noticed in the past that some people, uh, when they're committing suicide and they reach out, they really don't want to die they're seeking attention or seeking you know uh or or, or reaching out for help a mm-hmm. cry for help so
0: and you don't the last thing you want to do is ignore the cry you don't want to be so busy that you don't see the the signs or hear them saying oh never mind i'll i'll just do it later i'll talk to you about it later and usually there's an antenna that goes off that says Hey, wait a minute, that didn't sound okay. Right. You know, and then you have to take a moment, stop your busy life, and say, all right, what's going on? Mm.
2: And so there's help and there's hope.
0: Absolutely.
2: And if you find yourself um, in a situation where you're having some thoughts, you can call 988 um, and get some help. And you can also, if you're feeling a little bit you know hopeless or helpless or whatever doesn't feel right to you you can call daisy brown you sure can my telephone number is
0: 859-359-8352 my admin will be right there to help they have been trained to look out for the signs of tears and all the things and we get right on it we try our best to do what we can to make sure everyone's safe so please if you're feeling if you're feeling low we got you call us 859-359-8352
2: and, and just so you know, you guys that are out there, Daisy's got community action, too, because we have her on contract, not just for our staff's wellness, but for our families and our parents. Because, the you know, we look at things as we're in a partnership together when we're working with um When we're working with children, we can't work with the children without the parents. Mm -hmm. And so it is really a partnership. And so if you're out there and you're in one of our programs, you know, don't hesitate to call Daisy Brown at the Champion Therapy Center. Um, We want you to. We want your families to be safe and healthy um, and have all of the the good things that, that life has, you know daisy brown with the champion therapy center say that number one more time 859-359-8352 call us we're here
1: thank you daisy for being on the show it's been another show that we are thank you. proud and happy to broadcast
0: absolutely <laughs> glad to am. be a part you
1: are listening to let's talk more action